Next on BYU Sports Nation, winning conquest victory for BYU football. What was the best part of BYU's win over San Jose State? It's a Maddich Monday. Trevor Maddich gives us his takeaways on BYU's victory and what can one win do for this Cougar team. Don't forget BYU basketball earning a hard-fought win in the pit against New Mexico. Yeah, it's an exhibition, so big deal or no deal. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live following a BYU football win over a Division I FBS opponent. It's incredible. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Halloween Eve, everyone. October 30th, wherever you are dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with victory bell ringer Jason Shepard. Woo, that felt good. Oh, that felt good on Saturday. Do I care it was against San Jose State? Not one bit. Nope. Not even a little. When you haven't beaten an FBS opponent, you just get the dub. Find a way. And not only that, Jason, but convincingly. Yes. Convincingly. Dare we say aggressively? Ah, yes. I see what you did there. Mm -hmm. Implementing the talk into action on the field at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I have been waiting for a while to debut this wonderful... BYU cowbell that I received from our good friend at Doodle Ishii on Twitter, a BYU fan in Mississippi. It was handed to me at the Mississippi State game. I tweeted about it, but I thought I'm going to wait until BYU wins a football game to actually ring it on set. And here we are. So, Jason, I've got a fever and more victory cowbell is the only remedy. Yes. All right, I've heard enough cowbell for uh, the rest of my life. You good with that? I'm I'm perfectly. Here's the deal. As loud as that is, I will take that for the next four games, okay? We need to display it up front somewhere. I don't know. I'll figure out a good place to do that. For now, I'm just going to, nope, not going to put it on top of the baseball because then it's going to fall over and break. But we'll find a good place for that. Thanks to our friend at Doodle Ishii for giving us the BYU cowbell. And thanks to BYU for giving us the opportunity to ring said cowbell. Use it. Yes. 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 Thank yes. you. Thank you, Coach Kalani Satake and staff and football players. It was a glorious Saturday, which leads us to today's headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. How does a second win of the season sound for BYU football with a 41-20 victory over the Spartans of San Jose State? Coach Kalani Satake, understandably happy probably downright relieved with that win, but he's a coach, Jason. There's always room for improvement. We still left a lot of points out there and made some mistakes, had some turnovers. Uh, so we'll, there's things to fix, but uh, always been pleased, uh, pleased with the way our guys, uh, their effort that they're giving us, and I thought the coaches worked hard. I mean, we went through some adversity. Hopefully this is on our way back. On our way back to Fresno on Saturday for BYU football. 
Coach Sataki and the players will address the media later today. You can listen to those interviews on Facebook Live, courtesy of BYU TV Sports. Cougars in the NFL. Busy weekend for Cougars in the National Football League. Kyle Van Oy finished with six tackles and a tackle for loss in a 21-13 win over the Chargers. Michael Davis in that game finished with a tackle for L.A. Ziggy Ansah finished with a tackle for loss in a 20-15 defeat to the Steelers. Tonight, Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Denver Broncos at Arrowhead Stadium on Monday Night Football. Uh, you get on your private jet and go to that game after the show, right? I uh, don't need to talk about it. By the way, funny story. Uh, one of our good friends from the show, Extinct. Mm-hmm. His name is York. Yeah, I talked to him. Fantastic actor. We talked Chiefs. From Kansas City. Yeah. Great, yes, great football fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, we talked Chiefs uh, for quite a while. It was very nice. Brought up Daniel Sorensen, and then he goes, oh, Dirty Dan? Yeah, I love that guy, man. So apparently that's a thing for Daniel Sorensen. Here's the thing. That same day that I had that conversation, I got a box. My wife texted me a picture of a box from the Kansas City Chiefs that had come from Andy. I like to call him Andy. Uh, <laughs> we had gear for me and my family. So I actually had that text, and while I was talking to him, we were talking Chiefs, I'm like, oh, by the way, look what I have waiting for me at home. And he's like, oh, I'm so jealous. I just got this package from the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, Andy Reid. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, Andy Reid just sent me a box of Chiefs stuff. So, mm-hmm. by the way, thank you, Andy and the Chiefs. I appreciate that. <laughs> got some for uh, Ben Bagley. I know he's a big Chiefs fan, too. I'll hook him up. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Raider Nation will find a great place for that Kansas City Chiefs t-shirt. BYU men's basketball beat New Mexico in a charity exhibition on Friday night to help Hurricane Harvey victims 79-73. Listen to Yoli Child's stat line, 17 points, 19 rebounds. He will have a 20-20, maybe a couple of times this year. The dude is legit. BYU hosts Westminster in another exhibition at the Marriott Center on Wednesday night, live on BYU TV. Men's cross country finishes in first place in the WCC Championship. The men swept spots one through five, and the women's cross country finishes in second place. A perfect score, Jason. A perfect score in cross country at the West Coast Conference Championships for BYU men's cross country. One, two, three, four, five. So BYU's top five runners finish one, two, three, four, five in the entire conference. Keep in mind, the Cougars, number two in the nation. Portland is number three in the nation in the national rankings. It is not close where BYU and Northern Arizona, the number one team, are compared to the rest of the field. Going and dominating is always a fun I thing. I love to do, it, isn't it? Yes. And congratulations to the ladies, too, as they continue to rise under Diljeet Taylor. Rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Win, victory, triumph, conquest, success, Jason. That is what we are talking about today. And all of a sudden, I feel like ringing the bell again. There it is. There it is. Oh, the victory bell. So great. BYU beat San Jose State handily. Nine-and-a-half point favorite when the game opened in Provo. The Cougars beat the Spartans by 21, and that was after a couple of late garbage touchdowns. So, with that backdrop in mind, Jason, roll out the Twitter question. What was the best part of BYU's win over San Jose State? First tweet coming in, at jlins 91 the scoreboard. Yes, indeed. How do, how do you argue with that? It's the actual win. It's snapping a seven-game losing streak. It's getting your first win over an FBS team. 
it's beginning to come out of this. Oh. That's what it's all about. BYU doesn't have to think about that seven-game losing streak ever again. It's you done. Have, you don't have, it's done. It's over. Like, you, don't have, you don't have to think about it again. It's part of history. Done. You move on. BYU did it differently, though. That's the thing, Jason. It wasn't just a win. And going into the game, I was like, man, win by one, win by three, whatever. Just win the football game. But the way BYU did it made it feel that much better. So euphoria for sure because BYU put up four times as many points, essentially, as they had been averaging all year, and they had explosive plays. We heard all week long about got to be aggressive. Got to be aggressive, especially on offense. And they did it. Opening play, 45-yard bomb to Jonah Trineman. BYU punches that ball in on a fade route to Micah Simon. Then, oh my goodness, (laughs) the hit of the year. No, it's just the hit. I think that's what we can call this is the hit. Braden L. Bakri, (laughs) I I almost feel bad for the situation it caused on the San Jose State sideline. But it was, one, a clean hit. It was so dynamic that they, they felt like they had to review it. Um, yeah, we got, we got to take a closer look at this. <laughs> clean hit. He doesn't even fall down after delivering the hit. He had to go down to pick up the football. He just runs through the guy. See, it's the hit and the fumble recovery. It's like blocking a shot and getting the rebound. You know what I mean? Not only did you just destroy that young man. With an unbelievable legal hit. You get the fumble, too? It was awesome. He set the tone. Yes. I'm not kidding you. I think Braden Albacri not just changed the tone of the game. I think he changed the season. Seriously. I mean, that, I wanted to see passion and energy on the sideline. That was unbelievable, the effect that that play had on BYU football. And it's All anyone is talking about, the alumni, (laughs) all, all of the alumni talking about one thing, the Braden L. Bakery hit. Yeah, it was great to win. That set the tone, man. That was unbelievable. So explosive plays, not just on offense, Jason, but on defense. Look, we saw things on Saturday we hadn't seen all season. And it's not just the aggressive play calling, because we've seen aggressive play calling. It was aggressive play calling being executed. Yes. That was the difference. Deep passes, on the money, receivers consistently making those catches. And how about a dynamic rushing attack from K.J. Hall? And here's the deal. And I know it gets brought up when we talk about K.J. that a lot of these games where he has, in most of the games where he has these big rushing yardage uh, games, it's against teams that, okay, like, well, it was against so-and-so. Here's what I know. When K.J. Hall gets the ball, and I didn't mean to rhyme on purpose, (laughs) He picks up chunks of yardage every time, every game he's in. When he's healthy and in there, the guy picks up chunks of yardage. Having a dynamic rushing attack was fantastic. I hope that he's okay. Everything that the coaches and players have been talking about regarding things that needed to happen for success, we saw on Saturday. I do not care that it came against San Jose State. This team needed something positive to happen, and they got it. Speaking of K.J. Hall, he did something that – a BYU running back hasn't done in a very long time. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. K.J. Hall's 75-yard rushing touchdown, the longest play from scrimmage for BYU this season. We were kind of racking our brains this morning trying to think of the last time BYU had a rush 
for 75 yards or more for a score. And I think maybe you have to go back to Mike Haig against UNLV. Is that the one where he ran into the pile and kind of just busted like, outside? Yeah, yeah, rolled to the outside and then was off to the races. I remember that. I think that was 87 yards. Yes. I know Jamal Williams had long touchdown runs and quite a few of them. I don't know if he had one over 75 yards. He had a 70 yarder against Nevada or against Idaho State or a 66 yarder against Nevada and obviously the long runs against Toledo. But that 75 yard, it's been a long time. And how about the breakaway speed? Yeah, I mean, you of had, KJ Hall. Yeah, it, I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa. And, and here's the thing about KJ that I like is his visibility, like, he doesn't immediately make a cut. He kind of he he runs, surveys, and then as soon as he sees where he wants to go, that's when he turns on the speed. He's very selective on where he goes. I, I'm telling you, I am so impressed with KJ Hall. I I, th- I love the the tools that he has at running back. I, I love it. Explosive plays, aggressive offense, turnovers created, and then capitalizing on those turnovers. There were so many things that were different about Saturday. Also, I noticed when I was watching the KJ Hall play just a few minutes ago, Bo Tanner's like in fourth place, and then he like finishes right behind KJ. He he outruns the San Jose State defensive backs as well. It was a race between the two. <laughs> hey, are we talking Bo Tanner or Bo Tanner? We're talking Bo Tanner. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Right, you know, I didn't good. know if we had jumped into that game. Very again. good. We need to bring that game back. <laughs> I need to get in on that action. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. What was the best part of BYU's win over San Jose State? To the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Nick Lee 51 That the game was never in doubt. Again. But this time it was for the good guys. Yeah. I like, I like where he's going with this. At Milton underscore Rat, it is a game I feel good about rewatching. Yes. And yes, by the way, yes. on BYU TV and the apps, in case you're wondering about that. The game day replay. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Lauren <laughs> McLean on the call. At 33 Gregorio, that <laughs> they won. Simple as that. Amen, brother. Hey, hey, coming up, we'll break down the BYU hoops win at New Mexico. What are our biggest overreactions to looking at that box score? And don't forget about ESPN's Trevor Maddich, who was understandably excited to discuss a BYU win after this season. And what's his Halloween costume? Yep, we're going there. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Victory! Great movie and a great feeling. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN on the Twitter machine. Do not miss the BYU Sports Halloween Spooktacular tomorrow live right here on BYU TV. That guy right there, Spencer Linton, along with Jerem Jordan, Greg Rubel, myself, we will be broadcasting live from the BYU Athletics Trunk or Treat at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You can tune in for interviews with Tom Holmo, Kalani Satake, and many other BYU players and coaches all dressed up in their Halloween attire. Coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Looking forward to seeing what Tom Holmo is. His Halloween costumes are always epic. And we've got a costume surprise of our own. Hmm. Yeah, how about that? Let's go. Okay. We're bringing it. Our Twitter question today. What was the best part 
of BYU football's win over San Jose State at Cougar Stats tweets in, throwing and completing a much higher percentage of passes more than 10 yards downfield. BYU's average yards per play was significantly greater than it has been in any game this season. I didn't have, I mean, look, I'm happy that it was down the field. I was just happy that the pass was caught, that the pass was thrown in the right area. Like, it all worked. That's what we've been waiting to see. It all worked on Saturday. It's a happy Monday for the first time in a while for BYU football. And to help us celebrate that and Halloween, ESPN College Football Insider and Analyst, National Champion College Football Player Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, tomorrow is Halloween. To celebrate the BYU win, what are you dressing up as? I am dressing up as hope. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it yet. I, it's it's kind of a concept instead of a thing, but at least there's hope. So I want to reflect that somehow. Oh, that's fantastic. I really would be interested to see what hope looks like. <laughs> it's been so long since we discussed a BYU win. What are your main takeaways from the Cougars win on Saturday against a bad San Jose State team, but a win nonetheless? Well, the first takeaway is not on the field. The first takeaway is just the feeling. To go on a losing streak like that is a long slog of misery. And as bad as it is for the fans, it's a lot worse for the players. Because you're out there working as hard as Alabama. They are. You're out there, you're out there hurting. Your body hurts as bad as Ohio State. It just, it just does. But instead of having validation, you're having criticism heaped upon you as being inept and largely lame. And whether or not that's fair, that's the reality. And to have this win, to be able to, to get some validation for your hard work for the first time in two months is an amazing feeling. And I'm so happy for the players that they were able to, to get that monkey off their back and just get this feeling for the first time since, well, the opener. The word aggressive permeated throughout the coaches and the players all week long throughout the program. This program is going to be aggressive in this game, and they absolutely were. Right out of the gate, they were aggressive. Why do you think we hadn't seen that before? Well, we have. It just hasn't worked. You throw the ball down the field, and it's either intercepted or almost intercepted or incomplete. And after a while, the play caller gets tired of calling plays on second and ten. And so you start to check it down and try to get a few yards so you can stay somewhat even with the chains. When you are aggressive and it works, now you can continue to be aggressive because now all of a sudden you stay even with the chains or ahead of the chains. Now you can get into a play-calling rhythm because you've got some first downs that you string together. And instead of three and out trying desperately to get 10 yards so that your defense doesn't have to run right back on the field, all of a sudden you run a series of plays, you get a first down, now you can run counters off of those plays. You get another first down. Now you can do a play-action pass and bam, down the field. And all these things all snowball to positive effect when it works. When it doesn't work, it's not always just because they aren't trying to do the right things. It's that they're trying to do anything to get that first down and then that second first down. So they came out aggressive, yeah, but this time the aggression worked. The plays were completed. Things happened. The rhythm was established. And that was really more of a difference than just the idea that we're going to be more aggressive. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation, another Maddich Monday. Trevor, what was your takeaway moment or highlight 
from Saturday's game for BYU? It was Braden Elbakri and that fumble caused on the kickoff after their first touchdown. That was a tone setter for the entire game. The, the entire sideline erupted. He might have changed the season, right? I mean, that well, hit. Well, may have. Certainly, certainly it gave BYU a feeling that they haven't had all year. Because really, the, the victory in the opener against Portland State wasn't, uh, didn't feel good. Because they weren't good. They played an FCS team that, that, uh, that had some good players, but really they should have blown out. And instead, it was just an ugly feeling, even though they got the win. This whole year, they haven't had a good feeling. And so, yeah, this is, this is a, it, it's a, it, Al Bakri made that hit. He recovered that fumble. The offense punched it in. Then they went up 14 to nothing before you can blink. I mean, when, since, since Portland State, really, when have they been, when does that happen? When have they played with the lead? It's, it's a different feeling. It's a different way to approach now your job as a football player, especially a defensive football player. Because all of a sudden you've got the lead. Now you can be more aggressive. Now you can do things besides just hang on by your fingernails. Offensively, you've got the lead. So you can take more chances. Because if it doesn't work this time around, well, that's okay. It's not going to cost us the game if we don't go down and score this drive because we're already down three touchdowns. So this is the kind of thing that establishes a mindset even more than it establishes the points. The points are nice. The points are important, right? But it's the mindset that that kind of a play establishes on the sideline and then punching it into score to go up 14 to nothing establishes in terms of the game planning, the momentum, getting out of first gear. I mean, the, Risk, uh, the Redskins, the, the Cougars have not been out of first gear really all season long. They, they've been trying to get some traction all year long especially offensively, and, and they got that with that one big, massive, tone-setting bell cow of a hit by Braden Elbakri. Trevor, philosophically, what kind of impact, especially for a team that desperately needed it like we've talked about, what impact can a single win have on a team? It can have an impact. Well, actually, it can have a huge impact in this situation. Because all of a sudden, it also changes how you practice. It's so hard to go through the process. We hear that from Nick Saban all the time. Different teams call it different things. I mean, uh, Oregon used to call it win the day. I think Ole Miss still does. They, they play like a champion today well, for Notre Dame. That, that counts for practice, including, or excuse me, in addition to games. But if we look at Nick, Nick Saban calling it the process, what it means is that you don't win on Saturday. You win on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday because of all the little things that you do in the meeting room, the, the focus that you have on each drill, in each rep in each drill on the practice field, each rep in the weight room. All of those things during the week are what determine how you play on Saturday. And that is critical because it's so hard to be focused and excited and practicing like the season matters, practicing like this next game coming up is the biggest game of your life when you're in the middle of a seven-game losing streak. And so the, part of the thing that this does 
is create that kind of atmosphere now for the week of practice going forward. That's the thing I'm, I'm also very excited about. I'm glad that the players have the feeling of the win on game day. But now I'm also glad that they have that kind of feeling going into the week of practice because now it gives them a little bit of downhill momentum to make it easier to maintain that focus during the week, whereas before it was trying to run uphill through mud. And now I think they've got a much better situation. Great stuff with ESPN's Trevor Maddich thus far. And you're absolutely right. Even after the Portland State win, it's not like BYU had that feeling of euphoria because of the way the game played out. This is a unique situation for this 2017 group of BYU Cougars now staring down a 5-3 and three Fresno State team who lost to an improved UNLV squad in Las Vegas. What do you think or expect, I should say, of BYU against Fresno State on Saturday? Well, this will be a tough game for BYU. I think BYU fans need to understand that Fresno State's a good team. They, and they do some things exceptionally well. Their, their offense is in the top two or three of most statistical categories in the Mountain West. Their defense does a lot of things well. Uh, defensively, they're the best team in the conference at limiting first downs on third down third down conversion. So they get you off the field on third down better than any other team in the Mountain West. So this is a tough team, and I don't want to put rain on the parade, but ESPN's football power index, FPI, gives BYU an 18% chance of winning this game, 18%. So this is a game that if BYU plays well and wins, needs to be seen as a terrific victory. Not like a win over a a San Jose State team that, that really can't do anything well but over a team that's actually doing a lot of things well that has a winning record, and that that FPI, which is a dispassionate series of of metrics that decide who has the best chance to win, thinks that Fresno State is overwhelmingly going to win. So BYU, that doesn't mean they can't win it, but that means as BYU fans look at this game, look at it as, as a very tough obstacle, and if the Cougars are able to play well and win, they should get tremendous praise for it. Trevor, the game that uh, college football fans are talking about from the weekend is Penn State and Ohio State. How in the world did the Nittany Lions lose that game? Well, they lost it because JT Barrett had an all-timer of a second half, especially an all-timer of a fourth quarter. Yeah. At one point, he, he completed 16 straight passes. And I did a breakdown on SportsCenter Saturday morning uh, before all the games happened about JT Barrett and how he was doing. And he's been on fire over the last four weeks or so mostly in the, in, the, in the running game and in the short and intermediate passing game. But even though he's completed a lot of passes down the field during that stretch, it was, I guess, lesser competition, and the balls weren't really all that accurate. Against better defenses, those balls needed to be more accurate, or what were touchdowns against teams like Army and UNLV and Nebraska last week, those would be interceptions at the goal line against teams like Penn State if the ball wasn't more accurate. So what does he do? He comes out and throws that ball down the field with pinpoint accuracy and leads them to one of the epic comebacks that that we'll see all season. That's a, a phenomenal thing for Ohio State because it's what they need. Keep in mind that Last year, they were shut out 31 nothing in the playoff game against Clemson, largely because they couldn't throw the ball down the field. So Clemson's defense was able to come up and crowd the line of scrimmage. And when the short running game and the short passing game was jammed, they didn't have an answer because they couldn't complete it down the field. Well, now against Penn State, boy, did they. The question now is, will they be able to keep it up, or was that a one-time thing? 
I think they'll be able to keep it up. But if they do keep it up, if JT Barrett can throw down the field like he did on Saturday, this is a team that will threaten to win the national championship. After this weekend's shakeup, what does your top four in college football look like now? Right now it's Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and at number four I've got Notre Dame. Ooh. Yeah, Notre Dame. And Notre Dame is a team that's a real threat. This summer, when I did my college football tour, drive around the country, 14,000 miles this summer, it was kind of crazy. Um, I did a video on campus at Notre Dame and posted it on social media, I think, in August. And I said that that this is a Notre Dame team that, while they went 4-8 and last year, can be in the playoff this year, and I talked about why. And I'll tell you what, all the things that I had hoped, or most of them, have occurred in favor of Notre Dame. And this is a team that is averaging over 300 yards rushing a game, no matter which defense it's against. I mean, NC State has a lot of NFL guys on their defensive front seven, and Notre Dame blasted them for over 300 yards rushing. So this is a team that's also a real threat to make national noise. Now keep this in mind. If Notre Dame wins out, and that'll be tough because they still have a really tough schedule to go, but if they do win out, then if they make the playoff at 11-1, and there will be at least two Power Five conferences that are not in the playoff. Mm. And look at this. Georgia and Alabama are both dominating, and they're both undefeated. What if they get to the SEC championship game? And let's say that Georgia beats Alabama by a late field goal in the SEC championship game. Both of those teams might be in. Then if Notre Dame is also in, then you'll have three Power Five conferences that are out. So Notre Dame could really put a thumb in the eye of the Power Five conference champions if they are able to make the playoff because they will knock somebody out. Yeah, let's go independence. That's right. Trevor, great stuff. The face, perhaps the literal face, of hope on Halloween, ESPN's (laughs) Trevor Maddich. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'll try to take a picture, but I'm not sure that a costume of hope would actually be (laughs) photographable. You might take a picture and it'll just be blank. I don't know. I'll try, though. Good stuff. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, Trevor. All right. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. What would, if someone said, I need you to dress up as hope for Halloween, what would you do? Well, a couple of things come to mind immediately. Like a big, wear a big sandwich board that just says hope? Uh, that would work. <laughs> Not one of my initial thoughts. Um, I was thinking of Princess Leia. Okay. okay. Mm, a new hope. Uh, yes, because of her relation to that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well done. Well done indeed. Doesn't she embody hope? She certainly does. Coming up, KJ Hall had himself a good game in a single half. Big deal, no deal. We'll discuss. BYU basketball underway, kind of. Exhibitions, anyway. What was the one big thing that jumped off the box score from Friday's win at New Mexico? We'll tell you next. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision. Excuse me, Jason Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. (laughs) Wow. Somebody's on autopilot today. (laughs) Hey, it's his birthday, Jason. It is his birthday. And I was just thinking about that when we came into the break. It's Jerem's birthday today. You know who else's birthday it is? Todd Detmer. And we need Jerem here to do that. We need Jerem to do the Detmer voice. So, yes, happy birthday to Mr. Detmer and Mr. Jordan. 
from Jason <laughs> Shepard yes. and myself. Do you think they're going to have uh, co-celebrations, like co-birthday parties? A co-birthday party featuring Ty Detmer and Jerem Jordan? Yeah. Have you ever had to do that? No, thankfully. Because I have my birthdays on March 31st. I had a cousin who was born on March 30th. Okay. I remember being little and sharing a birthday party. Boo! Yeah. Did you feel special, Jason? Um, luckily, I would think I was like four. <laughs> so I'm, I'm fine with it. Not that big of a deal. Roger, we shared that birthday together. Or should I say, did you feel special, Jerem? <laughs> yeah, I did, Brian. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i'm such an idiot and it's okay it's all right it, it's all right uh you should remind the people of what happens uh tomorrow jason absolutely tomorrow super tuesday on b i feel like i need to do this every time i say super tuesday on byu tv it all begins with afr at an earlier time by the way 6 p.m eastern time that is going to be followed by byu sports halloween spooktacular we'll be broadcasting live from the byu athletics trunk or treat at labelle edwards stadium tune in for interviews with tom homo kalani satake and many other byu football players and coaches all dressed up for Halloween. It's going to be fun. Don't miss it. You've got your costume all ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready to go for tomorrow. The wandering reporter yes. in the crowd of costumes, in costume himself. Yes. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. It obviously, obvi, starts with BYU football picking up the second win of the season. 41-20 over San Jose State. Coach Kalani Satake, understandably happy and relieved with the W, but he's a coach, Jason. There is room for improvement and he and the players will address the media about those desired improvements at roughly 1.10 p.m. Eastern. Watch it live on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page as the Cougars prepare for Fresno State. Looking back on Cougars in the NFL, Kyle Vanoy finished with six tackles and a tackle for loss in a 21-13 win over the Chargers. Now in that same game, Michael Davis finished with a tackle for a loss for L.A., Ziggy Ansah finished with a tackle for a loss and a 20-15 loss to the Steelers. Tonight, Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs take on the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football. BYU men's basketball beat New Mexico in a charity exhibition game to help the efforts in Houston, Texas for Hurricane Harvey victims. Final score, 79-73. All proceeds from that game and ticket sales going to help the Houston strong area. Yoli Childs led BYU with 17 points and 19 rebounds. BYU takes on Westminster at home in another exhibition Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Watch it live on BYU TV. Men's cross country finishes in first place at the WCC Championship. Domination! Swept spots one through five. Women's team cross country finishing in second place. The jersey pops worked out a little bit better for Rory Linkletter and company this time as they cross the line. Perfect score. A perfect score in the West Coast Conference. You can't get better than perfect. Record setting, understandably. We already mentioned that BYU basketball enjoyed a road win against New Mexico. Yes, in exhibition format, so I know it doesn't count. And New Mexico's not shaping up to be a good team this year. But still, winning in the pit in a hostile environment for this team with no seniors and Eric Mika gone. Was he gone? Is a good thing. BYU building depth. Jason, when you look at the box score... What jumps off the page for you? Look, obviously the very first thing that jumps off the page is the fact that Yoli Childs is the man once again. 17 points, 19 rebounds, we just mentioned that. He's, in my opinion, 
this this is going to be the guy that is the anchor to everything BYU does. And he did it in 27 yes. minutes, by the way. He was fantastic. Here's the other thing. You know what? And I don't even care what you say. Wow. Jasheer Hardnett. Whoa. I am a fan. My The momentum behind this guy is building. And here's why. If you remember at Basketball Media Day, Coach Rose was talking about the fact that players like Jasheer – that, that style of play, that body type, they have given BYU fits. I love this guy's skill set. And I think it is perfect for what BYU needs. He's tough. He's hard-nosed. Just everything about he can He can score. He doesn't turn the ball defend. over. I mean, it's, I am a huge fan of Jasheer Hardnett. Fantastic on-ball defender. Yes, Jasheer Hardnett in 27 minutes, 9 points. Took six shots, made three of them, a couple of rebounds. I'm telling you what, he knows how to pass the ball. He sees the floor so well. It's so nice to have a guy come in at the point guard position off the bench and you don't feel like you skip a beat. Yeah, well, and he doesn't, he doesn't need to look for his shot to get his shot. That's what's, you've got enough guys on that roster with different lineup rotations that there can get, can get shots. He can come in and play off the other guys and still produce. That's what I love. Jasheer Hardnett. I got to give a shout-out to my brother Trevor, who brought up a fantastic point. He said, how do you not call him Jasheer Cat, like Cheshire Cat? Because he plays for the BYU Cougars in the Cat family, the feline family. He's the Jasheer Cat. Okay? We're going to have to ask Jasheer how he feels about this. <laughs> it's good, though. It's very clever. It's a nice plan. It is. It right? is very. It is very clever. We'll have to ask him if he likes that or not. Like again, not like eye popping numbers, but he just is solid. He was solid in the blue and white scrimmage, yep. and he was solid in BYU's exhibition win against New Mexico. And I don't expect anything different. Uh, Nick Emery, by the way, played 18 minutes, nine less than Jasheer Hardnett. Uh, Zach Selius in 14 minutes of play did not make a three pointer. That shocked me. <laughs> okay, so. We want to talk about shocking things. Zach Sayas attempting three three-pointers and not making one. That that shocked me. He'll be back, Jason. Dalton Nixon is somebody else who's also impressed me so far this year. Finished with eight points, three of three, two boards in just 15 minutes. Eight points in 15 minutes. BYU working out some things before the games really start to count. In how many days? Countdown to the Delta Devils. 12 days away. 12 days away from BYU basketball's season opening tip-off in the regular season. Again, two more exhibitions, beginning with Westminster on Wednesday, live on BYU TV, 9 Eastern time, but 12 days away from the Delta Devils. The Delta Devils. So BYU team swept the weekend in a big way. More on this coming up in the Cougar Whip Around. And up next, holler back for big deal, no deal. Big plays, a big win, and a big show. Is that a big deal? Yes. And Big is a great movie if you haven't seen it. Yeah, Tom Hanks. This is BYU Sports Nation. Big! BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and not Jerem Jordan, but Jason Shepard here live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not uh, not Jerem Jordan. Listen to the Coordinator's Corner today, 2 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. Greg Rubel's guest today 
one Ty Detmer, the birthday boy, as well as Ed Lamb. That's such an intriguing show, and it's following a win, mm. Jason. It's following a win. I'm so excited to go over to football media today and ask questions about a win. It's just been forever. Two months, man. Nice. Two months. What was the best part of BYU's win over San Jose State? At Jay Nails 21 says, when El Bakri sent that guy into the upside down. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Have you started season two yet? No, because I was sucked into the World Series. (laughs) Okay, uh, Last night I was like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Could not take my eyes off. I haven't started it yet. I'm on the last episode of season one as a refresher, and I think I'm starting it tonight. Hey, is it – any coincidence that we did our Stranger Things episode on Friday to set the tone for BYU? I enjoyed Saturday. watching that sitting at the Salt Lake City Airport waiting for my <laughs> flight. I enjoyed that. That was good. Yeah. Hey, doing our part, man. Time to play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. Number one. Big Deal, No Deal. Not knowing the name of your co-host. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Spencer, is that a big deal or no deal? I think it's a big deal. I told you I'm an idiot. I think it's a big deal. Like, that is fail, Spencer. I'm 100% on board with trashing my name right now. No, no. All right, real number one here. Big deal, no deal. KJ Hall's first half performance. Uh, yeah. yeah. Big deal for me. He had over 100 yards rushing in the first half. I think he had 146 total yards or something in the first half, right? He was very, very good. Oh, man, he was so effective. The Y factor, uh, understandably. But you're right, Jason. You used the words chunk yardage. And he had a couple of those chunk yardage plays last week at ECU as well. So, And, and we've seen him do this. The one thing that he has that I haven't seen from other BYU running backs is the ability to make a decision to hit the hole yep. and go. Yes, See it and go. Decisive. It's a big deal, yes. And it's not just because of what it meant yesterday, but it's what I said earlier in the show. Every time, and and his biggest thing is just staying healthy, to be able to be out there on the field. That's the other part. He did not come back into the game after halftime. And that's, I'm I'm hoping he's going to be okay because his skill set, I love the skill set he brings. And when he gets the ball and he's in the game, he does things like that. He makes guys miss. He has the speed, he has the vision. I, I would love to see him get more carries and become more of a focal point of that rushing attack. He is a check down security blanket yep. for Tanner yep. Mangum. And it showed itself, yes, again, against a bad football team. But BYU's played some bad football teams this year, Jason, yeah. and not been successful. And it didn't work out that way. And yeah. not been successful. K.J. Hall helps this offense a lot because of his different skill set. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU averaging 15.8 yards per completion on Saturday. Uh, Can I ring the bell again? Please. Yep, victory bell for that. I'm going to assume it's a big deal for you. Aggression. I think of one word. Yeah, big deal. Aggression. And, And it's manifested in that statistic. Do we need to say more? No, I mean, this. yes, it is a big deal. Because this is what this offense is capable of. And I understand that the Spartan defense is not great. But as you mentioned in the previous topic, BYU's gone against lesser defenses, and it hasn't been the case. So, yes, it is a big deal that they were able to find a way to make it work this time. Next. 
Big deal, no deal. Jashir Hardnett's play in the Cougar tip-off and against New Mexico. Okay, uh, so if, if we don't call this a big deal after the discussion we just had, then I'm not sure what we're doing Look, here. here's the deal. I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to turn this on. Oh, the battery's dead. Oh, we the, can't have... You broke it, Jason. Man, these are my favorite blue goggles. We need to change the all battery right, in this. Uh, all I'm going to say, I don't even need to explain after what we talked about. Big deal. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of this guy. Big deal. Amen. Amen. Good player. What a luxury to have him. BYU has not had a player like him maybe since Rashawn Brodus, but I think he's a better version of Rashawn Brodus. And that's over a decade ago. Like, this is this is a good player to have on the roster. And he's small like he's Isaiah matchup. Thomas. He's a matchup So we can expect nightmare. him to average close to 30. <laughs> okay, settle down. Kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are you guys saying this is such a big deal because he's the second coming of Jimmer? <laughs> Ben, don't take us what? there. Don't take us there. Yeah, somebody run in here and, and uh, run these to Ben. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. I'm just interpreting what you guys are saying. <laughs> no. no, we just like him as a player. He's a really he's, good it's it's a nice a game yet. Really good nice bench play. Hey, beating New Mexico in the pit exhibition, yes, still counts kind of as a game. All right. Can you see how Snake was doing afterwards? <laughs> Shout out to Snake. Your team lost. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Last one, big deal, no deal. Thor Ragnarok comes out this week. Yes, it is a big deal. This month for movies is awesome. It starts with Thor Ragnarok, which is going to shatter box office numbers. You think? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Really? And then we've got Justice League in like two and a half weeks. Yeah, big deal. Huge deal. I know that's not the name of the segment, but it's, it's big. Wonder Woman will salvage Justice League. Let's just throw that out there, okay? Like that that movie set changed the entire changed, it, tone it took for the DC. bad taste out of people's mouths for, from yes, DC films. Okay, yes. so like the fact that Wonder Woman is in that movie that that will make it okay. I can't promise for anything else for the other characters. I'm going to tell you right now, the person that's going to steal the show, Ezra Miller as the Flash. I'm telling you right, right. I'm calling it right now. Okay, calling it right now. You and Jerem, you're the movie guys, man. <laughs> Maybe are, are you? Listen, are you? No, really? No, not Jerem. <laughs> Stop it, Blaine. <laughs> I don't know. I I need to see Thor two before I can get excited what? about Thor Ragnarok. You haven't seen Thor two? No, what I've seen the doing? first one and it was great. What are you? Now it's not as good as the first one. Yeah, I need to what see two doing? before you I. You can... haven't seen that. No. Bags hasn't seen Wonder Woman yet. <laughs> what in the world do you guys have? Families hey, or something? That's that's a worse violation in the movie rules than not seeing Thor two. Man, a Wonder Woman. Yeah, I'll get oh, excited. Wait. I'll get excited about it if I see Thor two. Okay, Go see it so right, right now. No deal for me. All right, coming up, Cougars taking first on the course, both running and with clubs. That's all coming up in the Cougar Whip. Oh uh, yes, and a BYU football alumnus ready for the Monday night spotlight in the NFL. Dirty Dan! Yeah! This is BYU Sports Nation. Peace Kingdom! Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Can you feel that in the air? It's winning. Thanks to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU football picks up its second win of the season, defeating San Jose State over the weekend at Lavelle Edwards Stadium 41-20. 
Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Denoy had six tackles and a tackle for loss in a 21-13 win over the Chargers and former BYU football player Michael Davis, who finished with a tackle for L.A. Ziggy Ansah had a tackle for loss and a five-point loss to the Steelers last night. Monday Night Football all about the Chiefs and Daniel Sorensen as they host the Broncos on Monday Night Football. Men's basketball. Men's hoops beats New Mexico in a charity exhibition game for Hurricane Harvey victims on Friday. That final score at the pit, 79 to 73. Yoli Childs led the Cougars with 17 points and 19 rebounds. BYU will host Westminster in another exhibition on Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Cross country. Men's cross country finishing in first place in the WCC championships with a perfect score. The men swept spots one through five. Women's cross country finishing in a solid second place. Soccer. Women's soccer took the 1-0 win over the weekend at Portland, getting a goal by Elise Flake. Wait, were you there? I was there. I called that goal, as a matter of fact. Volleyball. Number eight, BYU women's volleyball lost in four sets against upset-minded and out for revenge, 18th-ranked San Diego. Holy cow. We got a race in the WCC. Golf. Patrick Fishburne finished first at the Pacific Invitational at 13 under par, with the Cougars finishing second overall at 26 under behind number 22 Santa Clara, who finished 30 under par. Women's golf is in Texas to compete in the SMU Trinity Forest Invitational today and tomorrow. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair finished top 20 this weekend at the Sanderson Farms Championship, (laughs) shooting a six under for the tournament. Blair finished tied for 18th. Swimming and diving. BYU had 13 top three times at the Pacific Invite. Both the men's team and women's team finished third in the meet. Tennis. The men's team for BYU finished play for this year at Southern California's Intercollegiate Championships. Sean Hill will represent BYU at the ITA National Fall Championships later this week. Cougars overseas. Eric Mika, 23 points, 8 rebounds in a... Pissarro lost. Pissarro. Pissarro. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health and you need the most, DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to Ty Detmer. Got a win. Offense put up 598 yards in that win. Also, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Ty. Yes, happy birthday. In fact, he shares a birthday with one Jason Shepard, right? Thank you. (laughs) I mean, Jerem Jordan. Happy birthday, Jerem. One year older and wiser, too? Hmm. I'm Ren Burgundy. (laughs) Happy birthday, Jerem. We appreciate it. What was the best part of BYU's win over San Jose State? Our elite tweet of the day from at col underscore James 83. Best part of the win? <laughs> that it coincided with Utah's loss by the same score. I know. That's pretty good. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Ronnie Jenkins. We're back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. 